Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the east end of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. And we are recording. And um, it's interesting. I, today I avoided the very thing that we're talking about on this podcast. Me too. Totally avoided it. Stayed home? Yeah. Stayed home? I did. Yeah, same here. Same here. Not leave the house. It's it's funny how like over like a year and a half ago, if you'd asked me to stay home days on end, I would have just been like, no way, I can't do that. And now I'm not sure I can actually not do that anymore. It's amazing the work from home aspect of the job that I always theoretically thought would work okay. Um, But it turns out the pandemic showed us that I think a lot of what we do, we can do pretty well from home. And I've discovered I really, I, I didn't know that I'd enjoy working from home, but I really do. And I find that, as I say all the time, I have my little desk and my, I spend my eight hours, you know, here instead of at my desk at the office, it's it's very similar. And anything to avoid the traffic because I do not like sitting in traffic. Yeah, I think that's uh, nobody. Does. Nobody does. Yeah, I also think that, I think there's a guilt curve. You know, I feel like when I first first start working at home, there's this weird thing like you feel guilty. Like I'm not supposed to be wearing my pajama bottoms while I do this. <laughs> you know, I, and do I do I have time to get up and make a sandwich? Am I am not I allowed, working? You know, like I feel like yeah, there's exactly. this weird. You know, I think this weird disconnect people go through when they first start working at home because, or maybe there's that whole thing that you don't like it when the stress of work intrudes on your living room because that's your living room. Yeah. You know, it's this weird defined like space, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of like in the mix now. I'm I'm in the office three days a week and I'm home the other two. Um, so it's like, you know, home for two days, Thursday and Friday, and then it's the weekend. And so it's like being home four days and I'm kind of liking that. There's stuff I like to do. I would rather do in the office. I can concentrate a little better, no distractions, but um, I certainly don't want to go back five days. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I've taken Bill's work work week and modified it a little that I start work at home and end the day at home so that I can leave late and come home early to avoid the traffic. The traffic. (laughs) Because the traffic is the the big the big thing. It just seems such a waste to me to spend twice as long sitting in traffic during the workday if if you can avoid it. So it's wonderful that we've been able to come up with a system where we can we can avoid that now in the summer. Well, you you got to think that's ten hours a week. Yeah, for most of us, ten hours a week, and and for me, I'm pretty much working those 10 hours, you know, yeah. it's time that I'm not working. Uh-huh. It's just, if I'm home and I, I just roll out of bed and walk across the hall and start working so. in the morning. So if you haven't guessed, the topic that we're discussing today is traffic. So let me do our introductions and we can launch into it so we can immediately sit in a traffic jam. Um, so here with us this week again is Bill Sutton, Manning the controls. Hey, Bill. Hi, Annette. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. And Joe Shaw is back again. Hey, Joe. As always, uh, Joe Shaw, I'm the executive editor of the Express News Group. And he's wearing a Slint shirt. Slint. This is my new Slint t-shirt. If you don't know the band Slint, go listen to Spiderland, which is their masterpiece. They only, I think they only had an album and an EP, if I remember correctly. Can you listen to it in traffic? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll see my head bobbing listening to listening to Slint. 
And my name's Annette Hinkle, and I'm the Arts and Living Editor of the Sag Harbor Express and the East Hampton Press and Southampton Press. Did I forget any? 27 East. Sag Harbor Express online. That one too. SagHarborExpress.com. Mm -hmm. That one. Um, and also joining us this week is Kitty Merrill. And Kitty is our reporter. And um, Kitty spends a lot of time sitting in traffic, which is why we thought she was particularly qualified to be here today. And, and Kitty, what is it that you say when you are, um, are driving around the east end of uh, Long Island? Oh, the thing that I have said the most this, this week uh, and in, in, in recent weeks when I'm driving, most people who know me would expect that it be something that you guys would have to beep out, but it's not. <laughs> what I say the most often is, go! <laughs> You're the impatient one behind me. When the yeah. light changes, I don't beat my horn though. I, I, I you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I keep my, I keep my freaking out to myself. I don't lay on the horn or anything. Well, the worst is that inexplicable stopping. You know, when somebody has clear road in front of them, but they stop because they're not sure if they need to do a U-turn, and then they do. Right, and this is the, the this is the all-purpose gesture, which I don't know. You guys are going to have to be able to use your words to describe it. But the all-purpose gesture is not the middle finger. It's this. What? I like that. I don't know what? What, doing. what are you, you doing? doing? What? Yeah. I have. I have to say that that this year I have found that I am not getting aggravated in traffic. Um, I used to get pretty aggravated. I don't know what changed. Maybe it, it was the the pandemic, or maybe it's it's the fact that I'm only you know commuting a, a few days a week. But um, I'm pretty calm about it lately. I just I put a podcast in and drink a coffee and, and I'm, I'm good to go. I'm all right. For the first time in my life on County Road 39 the other day, I had somebody cut me off and then preemptively flip me off. Wow. Oh, yeah. interesting. I, I didn't do anything. I was the victim here, but, uh, but I still- They, they cut you off. They huh? cut I me mean, off, jumped right in front of me and then flipped me off. I've seen you drive and you usually don't leave a lot of room. That's there. why I don't leave a lot of room because I don't like to leave a lot of temptation for people. Uh, but you must have been you must have been doing the speed limit and it irritated. Generally fairly. But I have to say, I think that you know the whole idea of like, you know, not being I mean, I've been in some crappy traffic too, but I feel like the anxiety level is lower. I mean, the traffic's horrible, but my anxiety level has been lower in that right. because we've been working from home, I don't, you know, no one's going to be looking at my desk at nine o'clock and expect me to be there. Oh, I feel like there's that, a, maybe oh, that's a big part. Of I think it that's a big me, part too. of it. When you know, it's like, oh my God, there's going to be somebody standing there. And if I'm not there at nine, they're going to notice and they're going to say something. Whereas now it's like, I get there when I get there, you know, like, I don't feel like I'm rushing to make that light at main street to get to the, you know what I mean? Hmm. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. I know what you mean, but I don't feel that because most of the times I'm really in the cave. I am working from home. Yeah, you're going to meetings or something that you have to be there. Um, but I am in the cave a lot. So I don't come out very often. <laughs> so when I when I come out and, and I, I live in Springs, but I cover the West. So um, I am almost every person. Today was the first time I didn't do it, but but pretty much once a week or so that I have to go to some place like West Hampton or Spionk or Quag or Flanders. And almost every time in the last couple months, I end up pulling over on Montauk Highway and telling them, I'm gonna be late. I'm gonna be late. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I, I had no idea it was gonna be like this because it's really shockingly 
uh, you used to, when you live, you used to be able to say, okay, Tuesday morning till about Thursday morning, I could get where I need to go in the normal time, in the winter amount of time. But now there's no, there's no easy day to drive or easy day that you can kind of Mon guess Monday. that you're going to get. Mondays seem to be a little less congested. And I think that the reason is I'm told that a lot of the work crews don't work Mondays. So the trade parade aspect, uh, they, they work on the weekends sometimes. And so they take Mondays off. And I've noticed that Mondays are a little easier than the rest of the week. But you're right, Kitty, that, that other than that, it's, it's almost random or just not mm -hmm. nonstop this summer. It doesn't start or end. It feels like no matter what time you go mm -hmm. out, during the week, it's just it's just bumper to bumper traffic any time of day or night. So is this worse than we've ever, ever experienced it? Would you say this is the worst summer that we've I mean, I know everybody says that every summer, but I think um, it gets worse every summer. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I also feel like it's like usually I know August is usually kind of a nightmare. But, you know, June is not bad, a little bit worse than August is like full on. But I feel like it's been full on here since late June. Yeah, March. I think the 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 pandemic and the the flock of people who came out uh, during the pandemic. I think we are feeling a little of the impact of that. I don't think. Uh, I I think that you know we, we've been talking about this for a year now. That will will the people who moved out here, uh, who were part timers before. Uh, part time here, part time in the city. Will they spend more time here? Um, I think that's happening. I don't think anybody's really fled back to the city much yet. I think I think maybe mm -hmm. maybe a little bit, but I just think that's just when you look at the traffic situation now out here, it is really just sheer volume. There are just so many vehicles, and um, that I mean I, I I mean duh, but I also feel like that's part of the problem. Is I don't think there's anything you can do structurally to accommodate the number of vehicles that are that are on the east end right now. It's just yeah, that's absolutely true. The only thing you could do would be to replace would be to replace it with with some kind of massive mass transportation scheme, which nobody's going to have the. I mean, I've I've often thought that that some type of a shuttle service that would serve each of the villages and hamlets in some manner. Probably I've, I've, you know, I think they've experimented before, for instance, um, I've always thought about why they couldn't in the summertime use school parking lots for people to park in and then run shuttles into the village centers and maybe even block traffic out of the village centers um, and try and encourage it. But obviously that that's a major undertaking that I don't think anybody's that eager. And, and I'm sure that the, I think there were, there were always discussions about liability issues with sure. the school districts. And every time it came up, the school districts just weren't willing to, to do that. Somebody gets hurt on school property and, you know, and it's, an, and I think that's fair. And also if I'm a merchant in the middle of Sag Harbor, I don't know that I want to mess around with something like that with the possibility being people won't bother coming and and it's hard to get behind a, a sort of experimental plan like that but um, well nobody would want to be the first look what happened when they were talking about paid parking in sag harbor and east east hampton village this year is is it became this whole um you know people aren't going to come i mean that was the refrain if you make them pay to park they won't come here they're going to go somewhere else and and i think in, unless you've got everybody on board you're going to get that same kind of um that same kind of attitude well, and there's so many people. I mean, I think 
people are attached to their cars and they want to be able to go get up and go where they need to go when they want to. I've thought about taking the, um, you know, at one point I was like, oh, you know, my office in our office in Southampton, I could take the train. That's not a horrible walk. But what, but then what happens if I need to, need to go somewhere in the middle of the day, you know, mm. I need to get up and go somewhere. That's always been the big debate in Sac Harbor. We talked about that too. It's always a big thing. Although now they have those bikes at the train station. You could ride a bike all over Southampton as long as you're covering Southampton. As long as you're just in the village. Yeah. Let me go over to Hampton Bays on a bicycle. People never see me you again. You probably get there a lot faster than driving. I'll tell you that. True, true. So I wondered if we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the ideas that have been floated recently to alleviate some of the traffic, like in Hampton Bays. And um, well, here's what uh, here's what got this conversation going uh, afresh. Even though it's, I think it's an ongoing conversation that uh, people have been having since you know the 1700s, you know, out here. But what happened is in in Hampton Bays, the town board is trying to move forward with this uh, notion of a bypass that um, where the road, a road would be built through the property where the diner is at the end of Flanders Road. And then it would come over to head east and connect with Springville Road. And it really only cuts about a block off the commute on Main Street. It would basically come up and, and run parallel real briefly with the railroad tracks, right? And come out, yes. come out on Springville right at Good Ground Road, basically if right. if you turned onto that road when you were heading east you would turn up you'd make the turn and then it would go along the railroad tracks you'd come out you could go straight across uh to good ground road and park and take the train for instance that would be an option mm -hmm. or that's you, not what mm -hmm. i'm thinking or you just get back on the traffic and you clog it up again further east right so what yeah so that's what happened people people in hampton bays kind of got really really upset about it specifically our first one of our earliest earlier stories about it came out after they had a public hearing to which no one showed up nobody showed up so for the second public hearing which was last week yeah it was last week the town board ended up getting 70 notes 20 people showed up you know so and then um we, we as we were talking about it i put um questions up on on the community pages and Facebook and said, you know, anybody want to share what it's like, what their commutes are like. And those came, we got about 100 people responding to those. And people had all, you know, so everybody, you know, the weather and the traffic, those are the two things that people talk about out here. So, so I feel that I think that uh, the supervisor took such a hit over that, um, over that Hampton Bay's uh, good ground extension that he said they're gonna, uh, on Tuesday, it's coming Tuesday, they're going to vote and create a traffic task force. They're going to look and see uh, about creating these lights flash yellow during uh, peak traffic times early in the morning, sorry about that, at some, some intersections. So that would just like keep the traffic flowing. Now the issue with that is uh, uh, Chief Steve Skrinicki has to go in kind of petition the state and the county to get them to say yes, because that's where the, you know, the lights are. That's what the, where those intersections are. And we don't have, the town does not have power over those. Is this like the, so that, that cones and cops? cops and cones. Is that the same cops idea? And is, it, is it similar? How, how is the, 
flashing yellow lights differ or the same from what we saw with that program? Back then, so this is in 2006, so Jay was in the legislature, Jay Schneiderman, and um, the way that all came about was County Executive Steve Levy, who you know wanted to save a dime wherever he could, he created his capital program, which is like a wish list of all the projects you're gonna do. And so uh, once we started looking through the capital program, we saw that the uh, expansion of County Road 39 that had been promised by previous administrations, by, by Levy, it was suddenly put off to 15 years in the future. And so we just went at, you know, we just nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged until they finally figured out a way to um, build that extra, those extra lanes. At first it was gonna cost $70 million, which is why he didn't wanna do it because they were gonna try and take all the um, property, you know, condemn property and buy property all up the side. But instead they kind of redesigned it so that it was narrow. This is why there's no shoulder. You know, they redesigned it and they were able to do it for $17 million. And while that was going on, that's where Jay and or Chris Nosey, depending on which one of you them you talk to, came up with the idea of doing cops and cones to take the center lane and make that so that you would have extra, so you would have two lanes, the regular lane and the center lane going east in the morning, and then they would turn it around the other way coming home. And that's when they had the flash. That was before they added the extra lane uh, coming right. in, I right. think, yeah. Before it was built. They would also have like only certain lights would turn to cross right. 39. They did have that, they did have that coordinated at one time. Well, and, and, Jay, and Jay tried that just a couple of years ago though too, with flashing lights on County Road 39 and a couple of different intersections. And, and I think, and it was um, um, on our radio show, um, Behind the Headlines, which is on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. <laughs> this cross-promotion um, cross here. I, I think it was, uh, it was uh, Vera Chenez from, from Newsday, you know, noted that, um, that the county had come in and said, no, you can't do that. Yeah. When Jay was trying to do this just a year or two mm -hmm. ago to, to have these lights flashing just yellow. So I don't know what's going to be different this time. Exactly. It's interesting too. You, you got to point out too that the cops and cones program when when it was tried was very successful, very expensive, and were mm. largely by the county, I think, as an experiment to try it out. And it was all based on what happened when the U.S. Open was here in 2004, I believe it was. And right. everybody noticed that the talk was about what a traffic uh, catastrophe that was going to create. But because they did the cops and cones for the Open, it actually made that week of commute one of the easiest weeks of commutes in a long time on the East End. So they thought- well, that, and, that and all the regulars stayed home. I think that's part of it as well. <laughs> but that's, yeah. so that was what brought that about. Of course, when the, when the Open came back in, uh, when was that, 2015, 16? Um, yeah. It created another traffic catastrophe uh, all by itself, even though they had, um, you know, traffic flowing around the the. Well, when, when they when they did add the extra lane on County Road 39, it did help traffic for a while, for a couple of years, and then I think the volume just increased since then. And you know, I can remember 20 years ago sitting in traffic from from Hampton Bays all the tra bumper to bumper traffic all the way from Hampton Bays to uh, Southampton Village. There's a, there's a point I want to make that I think is really critical here, which is when they added the second lane 
to County Road 39. And that was a few years ago. Um, and there's no question that it eased the traffic burden for a little while. I recall that when that was being installed, we talked to traffic experts who said the life of that will be about eight to 12 years before the volume of traffic will increase in response to when you have a new road or a new lane or something that allows greater capacity, the amount of traffic increases to fill that capacity eventually. Yep. It's, wow. it's considered, yep. it's considered a, a reliable predictor by traffic okay. experts that, mm. that the more mm. lanes you add, you think it solves your problem, but it doesn't because in theory, the more lanes you add, you will simply have more and more traffic to fill it as you go forward. So I don't know that we're gonna be able to build our way out of it. How does that work though? Why, why, why is that? Because it makes it easier. And so people stop taking other routes and start using that route. Now, I think there's probably a, a limit to that. I mean, there's only so much traffic that's going to come on. You know, you're not gonna have a million cars a day coming, but for, within reason, if you think about, I've said this before, but think about it. There are three lanes in each direction crossing the Shinnecock Canal. There's two on Montauk Highway and, and four on Sunrise Highway. That's the only six lanes that you can possibly get across the canal at that point. So if you expanded that in some fantastical way, whether you add another road or you add more lanes or whatever, and you make it eight lanes or 10 lanes, yeah, that'll solve the problem for a while. But when you think about the volume of the traffic, it'll just mean everybody knows, well, I can leave at 8.30 and be in Southampton at nine. So everybody leaves at 8.30 and now suddenly all that traffic jams in there at the same time. Instead, of, the, instead of like the one guy that Kitty talked to that, that lives in Flanders and works in uh, see Southampton or East Hampton and said that, that if he's not there by five in the morning, he's stuck in traffic. That's an amazing thing. I think a yeah. lot of people feel that way. And not only that, but you know, you get to the, I mean, it's great. So County Road 39 has been expanded. You get to that turn um, where it joins back up uh, at 27 Waterwell. and you're back down to one uh, you know, water well, one lane each. So it doesn't, you know, it's like you've just moved the problem, you know, five miles further down the road. Absolutely. And it's the same deal where Flanders Road comes down into Montauk Highway to go through Hampton Bays. You know, there's two lanes, two lanes that go to one. And so you have a lock the box situation. One of the arguments you always had was, well, they could have built that giant bypass highway back in the seventies and they didn't do it. And they, but my point with that is there's a, there's a reasonable point to be made about that. Yeah. I think there's some truth to that, but even if they had built it, it would have filled up in the same way. And I, I, I don't think, I think that the traffic problem would be a traffic problem almost under any circumstances right now. The only ways you're going to solve it going forward are, are going to have to be very creative. And, and in some ways, I'll, I'll propose something that, that I think people will, will just send me hate mail. I hesitate to say this out loud, but people have talked before jokingly about putting um, easy passes over, mm. over the, the canal. Well, I would suggest that, that that's one way you could do this and you could charge an increasing toll at high peak periods so that if you're coming over the canal in the heart of the rush hour in either direction, you have to pay a premium to do that. 
And if you don't want to pay that toll, then you have to plan to come a little and maybe maybe you stagger those tolls and you make it punitive. And, and maybe you give locals a, a break on that, that if you live here. Don't they have that in the city? Congestion pricing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost to that point. I think in order to make that work, though, they would first pretty pretty much have to improve the public transportation options to encourage that. I think that's always been a nightmare out here. You know, there's just not a lot of, I like that idea though, that Kitty, that you had written about in your story, the whole idea of like maybe allowing some large parking lots where some of the laborers could park their, their trucks and equipment and then take public transportation back and forth. Yeah, but the, the thing is, yes. Uh, so it would have to make sure it was by the train and it would have to make sure it was by the train on both sides on both sides but the problem is i don't think we have i don't think we have enough um uh the trains aren't going back and forth often enough for people to want to do that because they would have to sit and wait a long time one of the people that i spoke to the uh, i forget if he made it into the story his last name was his name, first name was lauren but he was the he he's a teacher in um East Hampton High School, and he did use the train, the, the shuttles when they had them. They were helpful to some people, but what um, I think needs to happen too, right along with like Joe's Joe's fantasy of congestion congestion tolls, is that could what would have to happen to make that work is more and more as has happened thanks to the pandemic is the flex time. Sure. More and more people, and in Southampton town town government right now they are working with flex time with a lot of people that they come in at different hours because of the traffic and they're having a hard time getting workers. white collar folks like us we can we can have that but there's a lot of jobs out mm. there in restaurants and landscaping and things like that 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 you you don't necessarily have the kind of flexibility on of schedule that that we're able to, to get so i i understand that's not really uh, a solution <clears throat> the uh the commuter connection which was was the added trains for the hamlet to hamlet trains um that uh that assemblyman fred thiel and other officials were behind and it's kind of taken a break now because of the pandemic but they hope that it will restart in september i think that was a really good start at that but i don't think that they ran often enough as, as kitty was just saying i think if you had you know if you had a shuttle that was Every every half hour, every fifteen minutes, even after, even once an hour, um, you know, throughout those those high congestion hours in the in the morning and the afternoon, then people would be more apt to to take it. Um, I think it was very very restrictive for people living in West Hampton and, and points further west because the the, the shuttle stopped at at I don't know it was three thirty four o'clock something like that and. And, and that didn't work for, for a lot of people. Even in the school districts, I was told that there were a lot of places where, um, and it worked out nicely, but, but how often is, is this gonna come about where certain teachers were covering their colleagues' classes so that they right. could get to the train. One of the big problems has been that the Long Island Railroad has never seen its job as getting people around out here. Right. They see themselves as a commuter railroad and their only mission is to get people in and out of New York City. Um, so the whole idea of offering transportation out here is something they've only done very reluctantly and, and with a lot of kicking and screaming. And I'll tell you another thing what's very interesting to me, correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys have seen something different, but 20 years ago, when we talked about traffic, it was almost always the connotation was on Friday evenings and it was about people coming from the city out 
and, and the traffic that was being created from people who were part-timers who were coming out, that was the main traffic problem. The, the problem now is, is, is a completely different kind of problem. There's two elements when you talk about traffic. You've got to talk about summer traffic, and I think maybe that was true a little bit in the summer, but, but year-round traffic. I remember 20 years ago living in West Hampton Beach and driving to the Southampton office. I mean, the reason that they needed cops and cones and, and that other lane on County Road 39 is because traffic during the commute in the morning mm-hmm. um, was was backed up. I mean, all the way to Hampton Bays or East Quag sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't know any back routes, you were stuck on Sunrise Highway. I mean, bumper to bumper, stop and go. And that started 15 to 20 years ago, right? Did you basically have these, you know, these trade people who come out here to service the homes that the people coming out on Friday want to be at. And the people coming out on Friday don't want to see these people at their homes when they get here. So they're crossing each other's traffic. So, you know, you have while these people are coming out on Friday night, those laborers got to get out of there. So when those people come east to get into their houses, everybody going west is not to be seen because everything's beautiful and ready to go and they're not supposed to be there, right? I was going to say, now you've had 20 years of affordable housing disappearing. And now there's so right. many more people who are just driving to go to work from Western points coming east to go to work. And I think that has, has really swelled the ranks. And I'll tell you, though, when you talk about trade parade, et cetera, today. To, so today I was coming from Flanders. I left there at 1240. I, retur- I re- arrived in Springs at 250. It took me that long, and that was that was you know stuck over at the light at the end of County Road 39. Now that the um, that light that new light newish light in Watermill sets everybody back very far, you know. Where you're stuck. But that was no accidents or anything, right? There no, wasn't nothing. any stoppage. No, nothing. And um, yeah, that Watermill light seems like it really should not be activated very often. That's insane that that light's changing because it's just basically a shopping center right. that it's letting out. There's not even that many people using that shopping center. Yeah. When I come through in the mornings, there's a whole lot of people taking a spin class on the lawn. But when you come through in the afternoon, the place looks like it, it doesn't look like there's any people there. And we're all, everybody's backed up. I've been, I've taken, it's taken me my, like the personal worst is almost 20 minutes to get from the fire department in um, what is it, Potato Field Lane in the village of Southampton to the Watermill Light, almost 20 minutes. That's, you, you could walk that in probably 10, you know. But, but what I, the point I was gonna make though is, so uh, you think there's trade parade and you think there's okay, there's a rush hour, but so I'm coming through at two o'clock in the afternoon and it was bumper to bumper, with no accidents heading west at two in the afternoon. Hey. And that's going what going west or oh, you were going west mm-hmm. west you were going west it, I was going east you were no, going east east so how was your traffic going east at that time well it took me a great long while you know. that's what I mean so it's like it used to be like oh it's okay it's three o'clock everybody's going west but now it's like those rules seem out the window it seems like it's yeah. gonna be bad going east it, you know what I mean it's sort of like are the patterns that we're used to it's like everybody's heading this direction it's not like that everybody's heading every direction. And I tell you, I have some secret, 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 secret back roads that I have not even shared with you guys yet. And I have seen cars on these roads that I didn't know knew those roads. So, and the problem is too, a lot of these people. That's cheap. That's GPS. Mm-hmm. That's the invention of, of, of the Waze apps. And- yeah, they, yeah, I, yeah, I did it on my own. I did it the old fashioned way of exploring. You learned it, yeah. But, but the problem is a lot of those people too, like are flooring it on these roads that are like, 
you know, these tiny, narrow, almost dirt roads and you come around a corner and some, you know, some giant truck is coming at you in your lane. I mean, I've had a lot of like, you know, and they're going 50 miles an hour on a road that's maybe should be 30 tops. You know, that's, that's part. Of, that's a big part of, of the complaints that came through. Um, uh, the way people are using the back roads to get around. In fact, what happened was after our story came out, so then it's kind of like uh, opened the Pandora's box yet more because uh, we heard from people in Southampton Village and they're feeling about, you know, now it's like, oh, come find out about our traffic in different hamlets. In Bridgehampton, mm -hmm. they want to talk about the Bridgehampton is having Chief Skrinicki to their meeting. Um, the mm -hmm. CAC there is on Monday. Bridge, Bridgehampton, I, uh, I drive I drive Uber sometimes and Bridgehampton, no, day, night, winter, summer, <laughs> spring, fall, Bridgehampton is always bumper to bumper traffic. I don't know what's going on in Bridgehampton, if it's the mm, lights, I think it's lights. Or, or what it is there, but it, but it's just always stop and go traffic there. And, and it's just always frustrating trying to get through. I think there. that's true of Watermill, too. The head of the CAC said to me, um, she was telling me that um, there are people that are coming down Maple Lane, one of the side streets that comes off Montauk Highway, just to go back up Butter Lane or the next one over, just, yeah. to, just to skip a block of Montauk yeah. Highway because it's so frustrating. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Cordoraro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com 27 Speaks, brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books. Independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sac Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. Carrying a wide selection of new books, stationery, toys, games, first editions, and rare books. Their entire inventory is browsable on the website, SouthamptonSagHarborBooks.com. But here's the thing about that, and, and this goes back to the conversation about the good ground road bypass that the town is looking at. I, I really believe the biggest problem that we have is all of the cars branching off onto side roads, and then they have to circle because of the nature of, of the infrastructure on the east end, that there are really only two roads heading east-west, and then only one that really heads, heads east-west. Everybody who goes off on the side roads and the back roads and the shortcuts and all that eventually has to circle back to the main roads. And every time that happens, you get a pinch point that causes a backup. And, and the mm. best example of that, which I think we can all, all of us who go east, west um, from Southampton and, and out, Hill Street in Southampton Village is a perfect example of this because the main road, the main way to get out of the village would be to go down to Hill Street and then just drive straight through Hill Street all the way out till it turns into Montauk Highway. But nobody does that. Everybody goes, filters onto the side streets in Southampton Village, and they come out at about five points heading west um, to turn right onto Hill Street and to go west. But the problem is- You don't, you don't I, do that I, yourself, I, though, I actually, do you? I do. And, I, and that's wow. part of the problem is that's the only answer because the problem is at each of those points, 
you get a slight backup. And then each of the backups turns into a backup on a backup. And, and when you're at the far end of Hill Street, just turning onto it, it's dead stopped. And it moves like a snail's pace. And my, you know, I use a back road that goes all the way to the last turn into Hill Street, hoping to avoid all of those backups. But even that backs up terribly. And and I feel bad for the people on Bishop Bishop's uh, Bishop's Lane. Is that what it is? That yeah. that you go up and go out at the light at the on the County Road 30. I do that because it saves a half an hour from. County Road 39 from uh, North Sea Road to there, it can sometimes be 20 minutes, a half an hour, just to get that short distance. So it's too crowded. Nobody goes there anymore. Still taking that turn, you're waiting in line 10 minutes. Absolutely. Three or four cycles of the light to turn on there. I'm just wondering, all these all these people that come out to to the Hamptons for the Bucolic Hamptons for you know for the for the country beach lifestyle and. And, and it turns into this this parking lot. What what is attractive <laughs> at, at all about the Hamptons at, at 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 this point for for those people? And if we don't get a handle on that, then then maybe some of those people are going to stop coming out if they can't get around. I and mean, it's just crazy. Existential crisis. I guess. <laughs> or, or they have a pool and and they just they don't. Yeah, they have the everything. Pool, right? They have their the minions go into the traffic and go buy the food and stuff. They're in the compound. Except if you have a pool, you can't get any pool companies out to, to work. That's true. I was going to say back to the point that you were talking about with Hill Street, um, that light at St. Andrews and Old Montauk and Montauk Highway not, slash Hill Street right by the reservation and the, and the fire department is one of the ones that they're going to turn to flashing yellow in the morning. But I had three, you know, a couple of people on the Southampton Village Police Department mentioned to me that they feel that that light, if that light could be um, similar to the one in Watermill, if those could be more uh, activated by sensors rather than just regularly, that it would be, it would make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Because again, that's another, that's a, that's an intersection that it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like anybody's, too many people are needing to get at that intersection. And yet so many people are being held up from it. And I'm not a traffic expert, but I'll tell you one of the problems with the with those kinds of lights is that so the idea is you have a triggered light so that someone coming onto Montauk Highway turning left, they have to sit and wait a little bit so you delay it till till you get a few cars build up. Well, that's great, except that if you wait five minutes to turn left onto Montauk Highway and the traffic is stopped on Montauk Highway when it switches, you can be one of five or six cars waiting waiting to make that turn. And you can't do it because there's nowhere to go. And so you miss a light. And so you have to sit through another cycle. And that gets frustrating, too. And that's when you start to get people right. pulling out and, and, and blocking lanes. You know, it's, it's, that's where the gridlock comes from, is people just becoming impatient and, and growing frustrated with the situation. It's, and, and, again, hate to keep going. I'm a Hampton Bays guy. So keep going back to this good ground road bypass that traffic, I understand the thinking, which is you're going to use that road for people who are coming east and want to go to the beach or to go to their house south of the highway. And so they can turn off there and get up to Springville and go where they need to go. But human nature is people who are heading east to East Hampton are going to turn up that road. Mm -hmm. They're going to go on good ground road past the train station. They're either going to turn into the shopping center and come back out and cause a pinch point right there. Oh, or they're going to, 
or or they're going to turn right, go over the railroad tracks and go down Fanning. Oh, yeah. And then they're going to come out at the canal, which is already mm. a disastrous pinch point. And by the way, if I may, the other problem there is that intersection at uh, what is that? What is that intersection? Canoe place. Canoe place, place right. Thank you. That has become a disaster. Bill, you talked about the fact that when you commute, you actually are one of the many cars that does the U-turn. You, you, right. you don't have a choice. You have to come out there and do a U-turn to head east on Montauk Highway. That was a spot where there should have been a traffic circle. It should have been part of the planning Absolutely. for that whole, that whole area there. Um, the fact that they didn't do it just boggles my mind. I mean, it's, and it's, it's pretty orderly with the U-turn, but, but sometimes you're stuck two or three cycles there, four cycles. Um, it's dangerous. Sometimes it can really back, back up. And it is, it is dangerous doing that U-turn because you got people coming, you know, going, going east off Canoe Place. You've got people Montauk Highway going east and everybody wants to go at the same time. And not everybody's paying attention to, to who's got the right of way there all the time. Mm. So I was wondering if we wanted to talk a little bit about roundabouts, um, because I personally am a huge fan. I've you know, oh, spent a, a lot of summers in Europe and roundabouts are ubiquitous there. Every intersection is a roundabout. And the times that we've been like in rural France and we hit a traffic jam, I'm like, that must be a traffic light up here. And there inevitably is traffic lights just cause huge amounts of, of backup. Um, whereas roundabouts are, I think, a really good solution. And I just wonder, do we feel like um, municipalities are getting more keyed into doing roundabouts? Have we seen any studies that say that they actually are a very smart way to solve some of these problem intersections? Well, I, I think I think Riverhead is a big fan of roundabouts, and and um, I live in Riverhead, and and I think um, it really helps the traffic flow up um, Route 58. I, I think it, it you know it works really well. The the Flanders Road one, I mean, I think there's probably some issues with that sometimes too, mm. and the traffic can get a little backed up, but for the most part, it flows. But I'll say tell you the the biggest one is is coming up from West Hampton to um to to 104 and there used to be a fatality at that intersection um at least you know at least every couple of years maybe once a year and they put in the roundabout there and it's just so much safer now um you would have people that that would going going north and then taking a left to get to get up to riverhead and and they would just gun it from there was a, a light there I don't even think there was a light there there was a stop sign there or something and and people would just gun it with with oncoming traffic trying to avoid the delays there and it, it just it's really been I think it saved lives they've been talking about putting a, a circle at the bottom of my road I'm on two holes of water in East Hampton there at Stephen Hands and that road you just trying to cross my road to go into East Hampton Village is just like, it's like a, a game of chicken, the way people rush on Stephen Hand's path. And I'm really, um, there, there's been some talk about putting a roundabout in there. And um, remember that the town, that Southampton town put in the roundabout at Scuttle Hole, uh, on Scuttle Hole. And that's working. I think that works really well. They put in another one um, on one of the back roads there. And I'm, I'm actually not certain which one it was, but it's in, in that general vicinity too. And I think there's been conversations about um, roundabouts in a couple other areas. I was always a skeptic, but I really do think there are a couple of places that are just primed for, for roundabouts. And, and one of them would be the merge in Watermill, 
where County Road 39 and, and Montauk Highway yeah. come together, that is just mm. crying out for, for a roundabout. I think in, in Bridgehampton at the monument, I think that could be a roundabout and it would work really well. Yeah. And they have a lot of room there. I think they could pull that off. I think they have enough room. You know where else I think would be a really helpful place is right by the library in East Hampton, by the pond there where you have where Route 114 ends mm. right at, at Montauk Highway. That is a nightmare. That's yeah. a stop sign. Yeah. People are trying to get out on the Montauk Highway sure. from that road. If that was a roundabout. You don't ever want to try and use anything but Montauk. If you're not going straight on Montauk Highway, you're not trying to come out of that road alongside the library. You can't even make a right coming out of that. No. <laughs> Forget a left. When we're talking about solutions here, and I think Jay's ideas about the flashing lights go to this, the, the only real solutions are going to be solutions that keep cars on the main roads because they are reliably moving mm. and people know that, that they're going to be reliable. You can count on, I have, I have a feeling that if you could get in your car and stay on County Road 39 or Montauk Highway and know reliably that it will take you 20 minutes to get from point A to point B, even if it would normally only be 15 if you'll do the extra five minutes and stay on that road, if you know it's it's going to reliably be that thing. The problem is people have no idea these days how long that commute's going to be. And so they go off trying to find shortcuts yeah. just to save a few minutes. So, so you're saying people wouldn't be coming up off the feeder roads that way. That's what I, I think the only solution. Because I, I think that's, that I, that's where I remain a little unconvinced is if you've got those blinking lights or, or whatever, and you've got the traffic just steadily going east in the morning or west in the afternoon, then then there is traffic that is going to try to come in off those feeder roads. And then it becomes pretty dangerous because, yeah. because you're just not going to be able to get, you're not going to be able to get through. That. Here's what I think will happen though. I think, I think when you do the flashing lights for a couple of days, the people mm -hmm. who are trying to come in on the side roads are going to realize how disastrous that is and they'll abandon it and they'll get in the flow of traffic right. and stay in the flow of traffic. And you might start to see what the long-term impact. But, but you still do have some natural traffic coming sure. up that way sure. from, from people living there or, or, or whatever that, that it then makes it a little dangerous. Yeah, but it, it, it's natural traffic. So it's not- Overwhelming. Uh, commuter traffic going through people's neighborhoods, which is a huge- That's yeah. something we haven't even discussed yet. I mean, I mean, that's one of the big- Yeah, I've seen, I've seen traffic. I've seen traffic on my road this year that I've never seen before. We're pretty far up in the woods, but- Wow, um, yeah, that's- And um, people use, uh, especially because I'm right off, I'm not, I'm like not too far off Route 114 um, in East Hampton. And that's been sort of a disaster this summer because for some reason, Keyspan thought it would be a great idea to install a gas line. <laughs> um in the middle of summer and it's just, summer is the perfect time I mean, for that what? yeah i mean no I, I mean let's be honest like who is talking to these people and saying yeah good time let's get the out tree, there july 4th the tree trimming oh. tree trimming on on montauk highway and county road 39 in the middle of morning rush hour is always incenses me and I, let me throw i want to throw out a thought experiment for you and i want to preface this by saying i am not suggesting this and nobody is suggesting this and it'll never happen. So I just want to get all that out right in front, but just as a thought experiment, what if you had a bridge across Shinnecock Inlet down by Oakland's heading over to Shinnecock mm. County Park on the other side in Southampton Village? If you had a bridge- Never happened. If you, of course, it's not going to happen and I'm not proposing that it happen, but just for sake of flow of traffic, I wonder what that would do to the flow of traffic, because now you would have a route 
that would allow you to go all the way from West Hampton down Dune Road and straight through into Southampton Village on the backside where you would be able to get to the, and you'd be driving through one of the highest priced neighborhoods in Southampton Village, which is why it'll never happen. Well, that's what I'm going to say. The people with the $30 million houses on Meadow Lane would, would put up with that. Not at all. Meadow Lane would not let that happen. But let's just pretend for a second that this is this is there. I wonder if that would be another yeah. road that would just eventually fill with traffic or if that would be some type of a safety. That's exactly what would happen. Apparently, though, there are quite a lot of people who are using Dune Road to get, uh, who have decided that Dune Road is going to be their back road to get from, from Quag, from West Hampton into Hampton Bays rather than the, the so highway. So Pongquag Ridge, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. And then further east, I know we're getting, I mean, if you do the back roads of Sacaponic, that's also been become like in Wainscott, the Wainscott South. Oh, sure. Um, that's also, there's also people like, you know. Oh my that's God, that's, that's since the, that's since the seventies we use that. Yeah, but not like I've seen it lately. I mean, it's become like, it's become like a, a, a parade of cars through there at rush hour. I know that you look down, like when you're on the highway and you look down some of those, those, uh, the, that what is it called Wainscott Northwest Road, the one that comes up alongside the creeks, uh, alongside where Sapor Damar used to be, and you yeah. looked at and you're stuck in traffic. I'm stuck in traffic because of the light at yeah. the Bagel Place, and I turn and look, and you can't see the end of the cars exactly that are into yeah, that those neighborhoods. The, that used to be the pastoral back road. It is not anymore. What about a ferry service, Joe? I mean, that people used to talk about that. That they tried that in Sag Harbor, and I thought it would be kind of a cool idea. Um, there was uh, some some guys who wanted to do a Manhattan to Sag Harbor fast ferry, um, and 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 you know when you talk about precedent, those ferries used to ply Sag Harbor. That's what Sag Harbor was all about. Well, when they talked about the yeah. ferries in Montauk, people went insane. They were not happy. Their hair was on fire. These two guys that that proposed a ferry service between Manhattan and Sag Harbor, and it was a fast ferry, and it was um, a really decent amount of time. Um, but they were totally shot down with the idea and because of the whole fear that tons of people would show up in Sag Harbor to pick up their friends and relatives because it wasn't a car ferry it was just I mean but how many people would that ferry hold maybe a hundred couple hundred and and they were screaming bloody murder about people coming to Sag Harbor to pick up some passengers from this ferry which hysterically Sag Harbor had lots of ferries back and forth. There's another idea that I bring up about once every year, because I keep hoping at some point the right person will hear it and run with it. But probably everything was 15 years ago. I always that's just my my default. 15 years ago, 15 20 years ago, I know that there was a conversation about a a, a, a pilot project where they would park electric cars at train stations, and then you would buy a ticket in Manhattan that would allow you to ride the train out pick up your electric car from its plug-in spot at the train station, use it while you're here, drive it back to the train station, plug it back in for the next person, get on the train and come back to the city. And they, they did a pilot project, but they did it in communities further to the west of us. And I could never understand that is absolutely perfect for East Hampton and Bridgehampton and Montauk that, that, and Southampton, yeah. you could, you could, yeah. They could be electric dune buggies. You could make them really cool. There are small, I just heard something the other day about small vehicles that they have in France now 
that you can you don't even need a driver's license to drive them they're so small uh they're like two person they're considered motor motorcycle type vehicles almost but for a lot of people i mean you need to have something that's big enough but maybe maybe the you know like little priuses and things that you well, can have let's let's there. not go crazy and put all the uber drivers out of work joe <laughs> I mean, you're talking 15 years ago before Uber. I mean, now now you have an alternative. You have an Uber alternative. That's true. But look, I think there's there's no one solution to to traffic, and I and I think the 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 Uh solution, the fix, is going to be trying and implementing a lot of these different ideas and trying a lot of different things. And that's where I give Jay a lot of credit for for putting this this um, uh, committee together to to look at some possible ways to to address traffic here and there and and i hope that i hope that they can can come up with one good idea here or there i mean certainly nothing's going to fix it um but you can make it a little better maybe so my question is do you think that are they talking about and should they be talking about maybe southampton town actually working in conjunction with east hampton town or the other you know what i mean it just seems like having a task force is a great idea but, you know, as we've seen, you know, getting County you know, 39 moving is great until it ends up dumping onto back onto 27 and points further east. So I just wonder if there's any initiative or thinking that this should be a wider solution that's, yeah, talked about. Because, I mean, look at Sag Harbor. It's like that's become, you know, that's another big cut through point. And Sag Harbor was always designed as a place where, you know, everything led down to Long Wharf because you wanted to get stuff on the boat to get it out of town. So now it's just become this massive, you know, I, I was walking through there the other day and it's just, you know, right by the corner by where um, the uh, the provisions is on. This is where Route 114 comes into Bay Street and then everybody wants to head over the bridge. It's almost like it reminds me of getting out of like Nassau Coliseum because it's like one car goes on this side, then that car goes. It's almost like just this, you know, people are pretty nice and they let people go, but it's become a merge. It's, no, it's not an intersection. It's like a parking lot, literally. And I just right. don't know, you know, how long that and you throw pedestrians into the mix there which which it always scared me when they talked about the redesign of that whole area um on on bay street right in front of the wharf they talked about the the pedestrians actually served to calm the traffic going (laughs) through there it makes people slow down because there are pedestrians that always scared me because I don't think you want to use pedestrians. It's like yeah. it's like the sacrificial pedestrians. Yes. <laughs> like throw one out there. That was slowing down. Terrifying stuff. But they, you know, what's really interesting is the DOT when they redesigned the Sag Harbor Bridge, um, they wanted to make that bridge very flat because the thinking with the DOT has always been get cars moving faster. That's mm. what you want. And everybody in Sag Harbor screamed bloody murder when they replaced that bridge. No, it has to have a big pump to it. So you can't see over it because that'll make people go slower. And for the DOT, it was like, what? Oh, and they finally bought into it. And that's why that Sag Harbor Bridge actually has a curve as opposed to being flat, like every highway bridge you ever saw. Um, so the curve does make that a cue people to slow down. And at the same time, also when they redid that bridge, the DOT also wanted to put a roundabout in at the foot of Main Street, right. which would have been awesome. But the administration of the village at the time screamed bloody murder about that, and they refused to allow that roundabout to go in. So now we have that intersection that we have, and there is no roundabout uh-huh. at the bottom of Main Street, which I think in Sac Harbor probably would have been a really good solution for that. What you have is kind of a roundabout. It's not a roundabout, but it's sort of a weirdly sort of 
interconnected thing that that works better than it should let's put it that way um, yeah but it could work better I it think, could definitely work better. design the way that the dot actually wanted to and i think that they i don't know if they were thinking of putting enough another roundabout at that other that previous intersection where 114 comes in but i don't know i just feel like i think roundabouts roundabouts are part of the solution yeah. here i really do think that and and i think it's something they're going to have to but again now you've got the state involved and the state's going to have to sign off on all of that too so also a really good song by yes yes <laughs> it is it is i want to tell you my other terrific idea i don't know if you've ever heard this or not because i want to leave everybody with this because i think it's a really smart idea everybody hates how people are always blowing their horns in traffic right it's really annoying and it's and it annoys people and annoys the other drivers so you buy a new car you have 20 seconds of horn for the life of the car you can use your horn for 20 seconds before it runs out. Can I buy horn credit? For the life of the car. So that's enough horn where when you really need it, you can recharge your horn and it costs money to do it, but you can recharge <laughs> your horn. You have to pay to recharge your horn, but then you only use your horn when you really need to use your horn. You're not just blowing your horn because you're mad at somebody. You're not going to lean on your horn for 10 seconds because somebody cuts in front of you. You're going to be more judicious about your, your, your horn use. I don't know. You're going to have skint flints like my father who's going to get in an accident because he doesn't want to use up and pay right. for more horn. That's right. <laughs> I should have beeped it, but I didn't want to I didn't have any horn left. <laughs> yeah, I was hornless. All right, I'll put this back into, into, I'll workshop this a little more. It needs a little more thinking. Why don't you, why don't you like, like, like solve yeah. world hunger first and then work on this? All right. I was, I really had that after the horn, but okay, I'll, I'll move world home. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and SagHarborExpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts. 